In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. And welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to transform your struggles and turn them into strengths. Now, we're talking labels and we're talking today labels that someone else may place on your dog and equally you may place them on your dog and you may keep them or you may, you know what, they're troublesome. And I'm going to give you a quick story. And and Poppy, my late Border Collie, um, she uh, lived for almost 17 years. She was an amazing dog. And very early on uh, in her life, um, she had a few labels stuck on her, largely because we misunderstood her Mm -hmm. and largely because I would say a lot of other trainers misunderstood her too. So she had labels like dog, dog, aggressive, Mm. reactive, absolutely fearful reactivity. Mm. Um, She had um, resource guarding, um, Mm. like lots of um, really sort of chase driven labels um, and actually um, nasty, like nasty, plain nasty. And you know what? Now, knowing all the brilliant things that we do through the Game Changer community and the community we work in, I wish I could have her all over again. And I really do. I wish I could have her again because I now know that those labels should have been ripped off to help our training and to help our journey. Absolutely. And, you know, we're in a new year now. So it's like new year, new start. And sometimes, sometimes what we can find ourselves doing is taking the labels from the previous year into the next year. And we're like, okay, new start. But actually, it's not a new start. And so what we wanted to do is dedicate an entire episode to actually why you need to rip the labels off, how you can rip them off, and why it's so important to to do so. And I think the first step of this and our our first stage is to be aware of them. So actually acknowledge them. And sometimes these come to you in a really sort of subtle and I'll be honest, a little bit naughty way. Mm -hmm. So someone might say, oh, yeah, she's a little bit um, mean there, isn't Mm -hmm. she? Or they might put a little word in that sort of has a has a tone to it and a ring to it. And you kind of go, "Mm, I don't think you're being kind there, were Mm -hmm. you? And I think sometimes these labels sort of happen without us almost, they're they're a little bit seamless. And suddenly they're attached. And this might be a dog trainer. This might be a friend. It might be a family member. It might be your daughter, your mother. Mm -hmm. Um, It can come in lots of different ways. And it might be as simple as, oh, he's a bit needy. Mm. Um, but actually there is a label that comes alongside that yeah. and there's a there's a tone yeah, right absolutely and and you know a, an example might be for example i don't know your dog has the label of somebody has said that they're vindictive right they do they're doing or things on he's purpose stubborn. or they're stubborn and let's say the, the the label of um he's stubborn well then you're you i don't know you ask your dog to do something so let's say in you're in the, the park you recall them and they don't come back now stubborn if you 
got the if you've got the label on your dog of being stubborn, well, they have just purposefully ignored you. They, they have, made that intentional decision yeah. to almost stick two fingers yeah, up. They exactly. were rude. They they were rude. They were vindictive. How very they were obnoxious. Stubborn. How obnoxious. And the reality is that if we get rid of that frame, well, maybe they're they're in an arousal level that means that they can't even hear your maybe it was a difficult choice (laughs) like the same for me we were in a restaurant the other day and someone said do you want dessert i found it hard to disengage from the idea of that maybe like it's a hard choice exactly maybe they don't have the skills to be able to do that in that environment maybe you as their trainer and the leader of their learning haven't taught them that level yet maybe in this situation actually now that we've changed the frame you're not the victim in this situation. <gasps> Actually, they are. Dun, dun, dun. And so you see how a label can lead to a whole cascade of choices. And it's right? actually very disempowering Be- for the owner, for yeah. the dog, and for everyone around. And actually, is a really... The one thing we find in the world is people love to get hold of a problem. And actually, this problem can spiral and it can go out of control. And this whole label can be a thing. Absolutely. And so then you start to think about the cascade of choices that happens in... That those two exact same situations, but they each have got different frame, different labels on the dog. Well, the the first situation where the dog's vindictive and mean, well, that's it. I'm going to I'm going to capture you. I'm going to run after you, rugby tackle you, put you on lead, and you are going to be punished. You are not going to the park for another two weeks, and I'm going to um, put you in timeout when we get home. Right. Do you think that that is going to make your dog want to be near you in the future? I mean, it's really not (laughs) dissimilar to um, when I grew up. um, My dad was very much the mindset that if a dog had an accident, you would try and rub their nose Mm. in it. And it's not dissimilar to that mindset. And yet for me, even like as a, I must have been, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, Liza's age, I knew very clearly that was bad. Yeah. Like, that was wrong. Yeah. Like, there was nothing right or logic yet, about that. Nobody, you know, no human does these things because they're they're evil or, or, or mean or whatever else, or they enjoy doing it. It's the frame with which they first approach this. And the frame is created from the labels and the language that we use around, our, uh, around describing our dogs. And so, you know, in terms of the why, well, let's think about the second scenario where we actually don't have those labels on our dogs and we're seeing that our dogs are the victim of this situation. We've asked them to do something. They don't have the skills. Their brain is saying computer says no and they physically can't do it, right? What happens then? Well, we think to ourselves, okay, that's information. We go away from that environment. We teach them the skills that grows their relationship with us. It grows their um, their skills in loads of different situations and environments. We go back to that environment and they rock it and they can do it time and time again. So an example of that with Poppy was um, if she was on a lead and someone went through a chuck it ball thrower mm-hmm. she would go insane like mm-hmm. she'd be at the end of her lead and if she couldn't get to the end of her lead and really sort of focus on the dog she would come back up the lead biting it mm-hmm. now ultimately we were putting her into a situation that her brain and her mm-hmm. training had not prepared her yeah. for and she did not have those skills mm-hmm. so in hindsight whereas at the time we were told she's a difficult dog she's yeah, this she's, she's that she's jealous, the other she's vindictive and she's a dog who's got real major FOMO and really needs yeah. to learn some behaviour and and just improve that behavior like she's really quite an aggressive dog mm-hmm. on that lead what we actually needed to do was take her away from the scenario mm-hmm. instead what the trainer said is with this aggressive dog what you need to do is keep patterning and putting her in these situations yeah. and we will put and dogs in front her, of her yeah. and you need to get her to lie down and you need mm-hmm. to tell her no and you need to use spray cans and mm-hmm. all these different things and the reason that 
we want to tell you this is because we don't want any other dog no. to go through that. No. no dog or relationship is lost. And yet, I'll be honest, I think Poppy's was pretty fragile. Mm -hmm. And she um, really uh, got to a point that we tried everything mm -hmm. because we were desperate. And so we understand if you feel desperate and we understand if you feel that you there's a label on your dog for a reason because you don't know what to do but actually number one rip that label off and yeah. let's think about can we prepare our dogs better for the situations that they and, and the circumstances that they find themselves in because I don't think for any reason Poppy wanted to find herself in a town centre no. with someone throwing a chocolate ball yeah. I don't think she would have chosen that as no. a as a it, it it was like we'd put her in a situation that was so not her yeah. and yet then put her on a lead and, and then and, and, and then stopped you, her getting to it. Frustrated the yeah, hell out of her. You you know, you recalling her in that situation, right, of on the beach, chuck it, throw her. She would have actually been grateful if she could have been recalled and, and could leave have that. come away from yeah. it. Because that wasn't a happy a relief. place. That would have been a relief. But she didn't have the skills to be able to do it. And you see how, you know. A slight change in frame, and there's a whole cascade of choices and, and decisions that happen. The emotion changes. Yeah. Like for me, when I first came around to thinking about it, I felt so guilty. I mm. felt so very guilty for all of those times that we put Poppy into a situation that she really couldn't handle. Mm. And yes, by trainer's advice and yes, by other people telling us, but ultimately she couldn't handle it. Mm. And so even though a trainer had said to us to do that. Don't think out there, game changers, that you can't say this isn't right for yeah. my dog right now. You are your dog's best advocate yeah. and actually rip the labels off yeah. and then let's train the dog in front of and us. And there is no better time to do it than right now. New it's year. New, new year, new start. And so we. this is why we want to do this episode because what we want you to do is sit down, take a moment to think about what frame are you approaching your dog training through right now? What words and language do you find yourself using to describe your dog? If you were describing your dog to us right now, how would you describe them? So I was walking in the training arena yesterday, Tom, and um, this one made me a little bit sad because I said to the lady as I walked in, she was having a training session and I said to her, um, oh, your dog is absolutely gorgeous. And she said, oh, I didn't want him. He's a rescue. He's really stubborn really naughty and actually I don't really even like him and I was like taken back by this because it's not the sort of game changer I'm used to here like I really was a bit like oh okay and I was like he's not a rescue he's he's your dog like he's re you're really lucky that she said well you might think that but I definitely don't and I was like oh I wouldn't want to be her trainer this morning and I kind of like merrily shuffled past and kind of carried on my day because I thought I'm not going to let that impact me because I really have a lot to be doing of my own today and and so I did carry on I asked the trainer how they got on and, and everything did go okay she'd had a bad start to the day ultimately the language that she was using was not helping her yeah. like nobody when you get in that state it's actually not a nice place to be and, and she really did take me back because I was like ready and game changer land and she mm -hmm. was definitely not ready for game changer yeah. land yeah. but but the language she was using he's a rescue he's a pain mm -hmm. he's stubborn he annoys me I don't like him my husband doesn't like him mm -hmm. he's a, a difficult dog to own actually yeah. he's not a dog I really want and the interesting thing is is in, in her having that frame and we've all had that frame at times I mean maybe not that extreme but it was all, extreme I was not expecting it we've all had it. a little flavor of that frame right but in doing that when a dog was doing something great Right. When all the things that her dog was doing great in that moment. And Lauren said, what a beautiful he, dog. And he was right? gorgeous. And he was behaving himself because she was looking at her dog through that frame. She couldn't see the wins. 
She could only, and, and when she did see the wins, she put it down to a fluke. She Luck. was like, oh yeah, yeah, but give it, you know, give it five minutes and it'll be a different picture because you've got that frame of your dog's vindictive. Your vindictive, dog's, your dog's out to get you, out to embarrass you. And so um, what we want you to do is we want you to, you know, really do a bit of a reflection on how have you been describing your dog? What language have you been using? What labels have maybe been put on by you or other people? And let's rip them off. Let's think about actually what would be an empowering way to describe our dogs? What would really make us feel great? What, what would, would bounce into training? Super words. What would yeah. be there? So if I think about Tokyo, I think energy. I think vibrant. I think handsome. I think beautifully, just beautifully built. I think massive, expressive ears. Mm-hmm. I think soft eyes. I I think kind, playful, fun, yeah. goofy. Like you can see how they just roll off the tongue. Like I adore everything about him. And yet, yes, he counter surfs. It's very annoying. He doesn't always do everything I want him to do, but that's not what I focus on. Yeah. I focus on the do land. I focus on what we can do. And I rip any labels off that anyone might have put on him mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Uh, they certainly don't serve me or him well. Yeah. Absolutely. And then what we want you to think about is actually what is your dog owning dream? Like, where do you want to go? What would be like the dream at the, you know, let's say at the end of this year, we're having a catch up in 365 days time. And um, and we're, where do we're you saying be? to you, you know, where are you now? Because I think sometimes what also happens is that where you are today is very different from where you are a year ago. Right. And that and yet we still continue to treat and our dogs as that dog from a year ago. By you- Using those empowering words, that's how we move ourselves towards the place we yeah. want to be. And then now that we're in this new place, now we've got to set like a new goal. We've got to set, we've got to reestablish the vision. We've new got to target. get some clarity on how we want our future to, to look. And then day by day, 1% improvement by Let's 1% improvement, it. we're going to move towards it. But you need clarity in the present and clarity in the future and you will move that. And who's feeling excited? Who's feeling energized? Who is feeling good after hearing that? Because yeah. I'm feeling pretty pumped, pretty empowered, pretty excited to be able to do this for my dog family. Yeah. And I think this is really important that we take this energy away. I can feel your energy podcast, people. I can feel that you're loving yeah. the idea of doing this. This is a movement. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, guys, you are the very best dog owner your dog could ever, ever, ever wish for. Let's rip those labels Let's off Let's get them. Powerful with our language. Let's get intentional about what we say. Let's yeah. really move ourselves to a better energy space. And let's see you next time in the next episode. And in the meantime, remember, stay, stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.